Episode number 47. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right. Well, hello. hello. Well, here we go again. Here Havana we Cafe. Yeah, here <laughs> and we some are. coffee. And you are trying to throw me off my game because you've, you're drinking tea. Yeah, I know. Come on. It's coffee. Coffee is the only way to, know, only way to roll. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm under the weather. So, uh, under, and you know, you know that's crazy because... It, you know when I'm under the weather when I'm not drinking coffee. When you're, just, when you're drinking coffee. <laughs> but it's mad because it's a sunny day today. I know. Which always is crazy. Tomorrow's Don't you hate Mother's that? Day over in Britain, so maybe uh, my gift is that I just have to relax in bed. Ah, uh, is that what it is? Something. So you can be mothered, mother, mothering tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So give us your um, yeah. quote. I'm going to start off with this quote, because it's going to lead into our topic for today. It's something that's been on my mind um, recently, I think. It's just kind of resurfaced. But this is from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and if you... Uh, and it's a play by Tom Stoppard. They were two minor characters in a Shakespeare play. Hamlet. Hamlet. And the quote is this. Wills have been set in motion, and they have their own pace to which we are condemned. Each move is dictated by the previous one. That is the meaning of order. If we start being arbitrary, it'll, be, it'll just be a shambles. At least let us hope so. Because if we happened, just happened to discover or even suspect that our spontaneity was a part of their order, we'd know that we were lost. And today we're talking then about destiny versus free will. Free will. So fate versus free will, which is, which, is, which is what's been on my mind. And it's been on my mind um, because, so I sometimes believe that there is a fate, that everything happens for a reason and that, you know, there's this... Uh, intelligent design and we have this grand plan and in other times I think well no it's free will and I can shape and control my own destiny through the decisions and stuff that I make but there are some habitual patterns in my life that continue to happen and have been happening for all of my 40 some odd years that I've been kicking around on this earth that makes me at this point in time think that there is an alt, you know, a fate, an in place that I'm meant to go to. And that fate's way of making sure that I get there when I go off course is just to keep these patterns again so that, I, so, so that ultimately I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to end up, regardless of all my little adventures to, on these little side paths. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And I think that's when I, I texted you this question to say, yeah. is there fate or... Do we have free will? So be interested to hear where you stand well, on this. Well, you know, I think this is probably one of the kind of conundrums or like, uh, I'm losing my words, but you know, contradictions that we hold as people, all, all of us. Mm. So I bet all of us have a level to which we hold a contradiction where we believe both at different points. So, you know, if you don't get a job that you wanted, oftentimes it's like, well, it wasn't meant to be. You yeah. know, you have that kind of thing. And yet, you, if you ask that same person, they would probably, for the most part, say that they had control over their life and it was free will and stuff. So I do think that we, we all kind of play around with these two concepts. Whichever one's most convenient for us at the time. Yeah, maybe. Feel better. Yeah. Hence why we invented God as well. 
<laughs> right? So they can control us. So, the, so governments well, can control us or people so can control us. My first question to you is whether you think if we go with the destiny thing yeah. first, and, and just to understand what it is we're actually talking about, does the idea that you have a destiny or a fate require there to be a God who gave it to you? No, it can be an intelligent design is the other theory, that there's no God, but there is an intelligent design or gods. But there is an intelligent design to the universe. But who? But but the intelligent design that's like called that is there's God. It's no. a it's a Christian concept. Is yeah, it? it's a, it's a Christian concept that um is like a melding of my understanding is that it's a Christian concept of a way of melding evolution and Darwin's theory okay. to the fact that. Yes, evolution does happen, but there's a guy some at the kind of, there's a guy at the realm at the some, helm of the ship making yeah. sure stuff happens. Okay, yeah. so even if we throw that out and just say, well, then that whatever an entity, universe, cosmos, cosmic soup—I don't even know what the name you want to call it—but it's all there is a, a of some kind of order like an X sort of quote there is an order to the universe and these things happen because that's the way they're supposed to happen yeah regardless I I guess I get a bit stuck up on that because then it's like you know supposed to yeah I mean I I get that I get that, that that's there's either so if you're going the destiny route it seems like then there's kind of two options there's either God has given you a destiny or something or something or the, you subscribe to the idea that the universe is on kind of an automatic pilot of law and order and rules and things are just kind of playing themselves out. Yeah. So and if, so you are just un, unknowingly part of that just playing out and I'm unfolding. I'm playing my part in this big giant yeah. play that some author wrote. <laughs> and he's yeah. probably moved on to something else, but he wrote this play and released it and now it's the self perpetuating play yeah uh, and we all have our part to play in this play but if we go so if we go with like cause and effect as one of the laws then it, it we don't have free will because whenever you're born you didn't you didn't make that choice but that moment that you're born will influence everything that you've done that you do up until this point from a cause and effect kind yeah. of aspect um, so wherever you, you know, whatever, whoever your parents were and the conditions that you grew up, all those will have a cause or, and then there will be a corresponding effect that's just leading you now at this point in time that you never really have a choice about what you do because it's, it, it has a reaction to um, a cause that's caused you to act that way. Like one of the, um, uh, when I was doing my a philosophy master's, what we had to, the question was, you know, defining a person. What is a person? And one of the arguments is always about this free will. But then when you talk about free will, they always bring in cause and effect. So if you're walking down the street and you see a quarter or 50, 50p, based on everything that's gone before, the decision of whether you pick that 50p up or not has already been made. You're just like in the matrix. You just have to figure out why you picked it up. But the... De- the decision's already been made based off of cause and effect. And I use this, this cause and effect versus free will a lot in the sort of death penalty argument, as in, you know, if you're a criminal and you've done wrong, is it 
totally your fault or if cause and effect is in there, the fact that you didn't have a choice, basically, and hence you should have, there shouldn't be the death penalty and it should be mitigating circumstances because you yeah. didn't have this free will. I, I think that um, when I was thinking about this, I basically decided in my own head that it's to, like to say one or the other, like that we often put that as a binary, like destiny yeah, versus free will. And I think that there's actually, well, I've kind of listed in my head four different actual scenarios that are, that are kind of different in terms of what we think. So one is God has a plan for you. And this seems to be kind of like, there's a lot of spiritual traditions, I think, that, that subscribe to this idea that yeah. there is, you know, monotheism, there is a God and he has a plan for you. But in, in that scenario, you have a choice because you can choose not to follow God's plan and then you go to hell. So, you know, it's your responsibility. You know, and we have the whole Adam and Eve in, in the Christian world. We have the whole Adam and Eve like, okay, now you've taken a bite of the apple. You see a bigger picture and you're going to make your own choice and you could, you could go to... You know the dark side, so to the speak. You know, so you do have that element of free will, even if God's saying this is what I have planned for you and laid out for you. You may not follow that. Okay. So that that's that was one. Hold that thought for a second before you go to number two. My my thing to that because I'll forget. Otherwise, I yeah, could yeah. write notes, but <laughs> and we can come back to it. But if God is all knowing and all powerful, then He already knows what you're going to do. So to have free will in that instance means he doesn't know what you're going to do but then that mitigates whether he's all powerful and all knowing but we can come back to that yeah yeah that's right so then there's the idea of like firm destiny like you were saying the other day you were giving the analogy of the, sh the ship hmm. that you can go anywhere you want on the ship but the ship's going in one in a particular direction and you're on that ship so you might have a a sense that you have free choice and free will, but actually, ultimately, and you know, of course, this is like the Oedipus story, isn't it? It's like, you know, he was destined to marry his mother and kill his father, and lo and behold, no matter what, you know, even though he knew that, he ended up making choices out of supposedly free will that ended him at the same place that he was destined to be. So there's that, and, and that's kind of where I hang out most of the time. That we're, you know, we're on this. I have free will within the confines of the system, the ship, or whatever that I'm on, but that ship is going wherever it's going to go. Yeah. And that's where I'm at most of the time. Right, okay. So then, so then I think it's a little bit of a different thing to talk about, like, habits or karma, and ca like what you're saying, cause and effect. And this is what you've said, like, the Matrix says. So, you know, when Neo's meeting the Oracle, and, and he's trying to make a decision about what, what he should do as quote-unquote, the one, she says, you've already made the choice. You, now you just need to understand why you've made it. And so I guess the point there, or one of the points that they're making is like, we think that we have free will, and we, we do have free will um, kind of technically. Like, there's no one guiding the ship, but our habits and the, you know, the consequences of our continued behavior and our habits are so strong that, like you're saying, we're, like, conditioned to the point where 
we're already get, we, most of the choices in our life are already we were always going to do that thing because yeah. we are who we are you know we're always going to pick up the quarter we were always going to you know say no to this or go with that because that's fundamentally who we are so there's that which I think you know is a different thing and then of course there's the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead like free will random chaos like that that's what they're looking for isn't it yeah. like yeah yeah, yeah. But I think those are, those four things. I think you know, if we're going to talk about it, I think it needs to be there's a, more of a nuance to the to the possibilities of how the vast universe works the than vast just universe. this or this. Yeah, and and yeah, and, and I suppose there's this you know maybe there's just something in us that needs for the universe to have an order. So we have these different theories of how it works. Where in essence, it could just be that it that's it it is what it is and there is no law or order or any of that sort of stuff it is just what it is but we need we seem to need a meaning and so we make up these different meanings so it may be that you're born you live you die done there's no justice there's no moral anything you know yeah so even like if you start to argue like about morality and even that's arbitrary there's you know there's you know there's lots of arguments about whether there's absolute truth yeah um but in almost all circumstances you can find that in some culture the opposite is sort of true as in you know they don't find that morally comprehensible so that makes morality arbitrary so we are creating these rules to make sense out of life, but in yeah. essence, I guess from an existential point of view, there are actually, there's no meaning, it's just what it is. There's a bit of that book um, by Alan Watts where he talks about the world on fully automatic, like automatic pilot world. And I, I thought it, I should bring it back because that's kind of what pure free will seems to look like. It's like, you know, there's rules and then we just, you know, are free within, you know, how the universe works. There's no ultimate meaning. There's no ultimate destiny. There's no purpose laid out for you, you know. Yeah. So he says that according to atheists, naturalists, and agnostics, the world is fully automatic. It's constructed itself, not on purpose. And so he says, the, in this fully automatic model of the universe, and this is obviously in reaction to the God at the helm of everything model. Mm. Um, he says, in this fully automatic universe, the, the universe that's just run by a series of physical laws, the universe shape and stuff survived as energy and matter, and human beings, mind and body, were part of the system and possessed of intelligence, but everything's basically made up of atoms. And... Let's see. So if the all too intelligent God was disconcerting for people, this is coming into the Enlightenment post kind of the dominance of the church in our history. There was relief in getting rid of him was short lived. He was replaced by the cosmic idiot and people began to feel more estranged from the universe than other than ever. This situation merely reinforced the illusion of the loneliness and separation of the ego and he talks about how, like, it's neither one or the other. It's neither God controls everything in his view or fully automatic pilot universe. That 
there is a different, you know, way of looking at things. Whereas that seems to be the two, you know, most obvious options. You either believe that God controls everything, or you believe in, like, science and physics. And What could be this third way? I don't get what a third way could be. Well, you know, you, so you've it made... So, you know, what or. came in the... You came in the, <laughs> ma- the, in the mail the other day was that... Um, discussions with the archangel yeah. whatever so you know I yeah. ordered it and then I forgot I ordered it and then I love I when that it. happens right. like nice. then books come in and I'm like ah I thought it's even at order or something yeah. so um, basically I started reading that and that book is about I really love his idea of, of what an angel is that it's yeah. a kind of manifestation and we haven't gotten I haven't gotten very far into it but um, his conception of the world seems to be a lot more like this third way where it's like the universe is and has a kind of intelligent life force about it and that all beings and things in form are just like individual manifestations of the entire universe so there's not so so we're not you and me and we're actually all the same well, well that we're, di- we're different and that we're manifesting suit. in different like forms, but that it's all basically kind of a play of the universe kind of hiding from itself and kind of forgetting that it's part of the universe. And then, you know, when yeah. we die, we kind of go back into that cosmic suit. It's like soup. it's one entity. So the universe is one entity. So and we're all manifestations of that same entity. So that means that there's a third conception. And it's a subtle distinction, I think. But it, it, there is a real distinction between an anthropomorphic God caring in a human way about the fate of somebody else, like a person. You know, like someone cares about you. Versus the automatic pilot universe where no one cares about you because it's just, you know, laws of physics. And the fact that if you're part of the universe, then it cares about you, not in a human way, but that you're connected. So what happens to you is important. I don't know. That's that's my... In that third way, at least what I took away from that is that this is all one big giant game and this is a way that we amuse ourselves and actually nothing's important. We make it important and we go crazy and we create all these rules, but actually it's just, it's our way to keep ourselves entertained in the manifestation that that we're in. Don't you think that that kind of conception of things then means that within the game we're free to do what we want? Like that—that's the no destiny, hmm. right? Yeah. If if you, I think in that instance, it's all of, all of the above. As in, if you manifest and you say, all right, in this manifestation from his book, I want to be a, a do this heavy into Christianity, and I'm going to play that out. So I'm going to constrain myself to these rules and play that game while I'm here, and then I come. I'm born. I forget that I'm part of the cosmic soup and I play the game of a stout Christian. Then I die, go back to the cosmic soup, figure out what I want to do next. So it, it kind of almost is relax, have fun, <laughs> do your thing, yeah. you die and you come back yeah. and you just keep on, that we're going to keep that rock going. I suppose the point is that we never really know. So we this don't is know. All just a, it's just a game of words, isn't it? Should we take a quick break? Yeah. 
You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. I'm Clay Lowe. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is a listener-supported show, which means it's brought to you by people like you. If you pop over to havanacafesessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute page, you'll find a number of different ways you can contribute to the show if you care to do so. Leaving a review on iTunes, subscribing to the show, or sharing it with a friend are a few options. These are very valuable contributions, as is something monetary, like setting up a reoccurring payment or contributing a pound an episode. Any and all options are very much appreciated. Thank you so very much for those of you who have already done so, and thank you in advance for anybody that is considering doing so in the future. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so I like that idea. I'm going to just dip back into Rosencrantz and Gildersand and Dead again for just quick, real quick. Because I love, I love all, uh, there's so many quotes in here that I could yeah, do. I know, like, yeah. Burn our, burn our bridges when we come to them. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, that's all right. Here, here we go, this one. A man standing, and I have this imagery in my head all the time when, I don't know, it just fuels my fantasy. Um, a man standing in his saddle in a half-lit, half-alive dawn banged on the shutters and called two names. He was just a hat and a cloak, levitating in the gray plume of his own breath. But when he called, we came, that much is certain. Well, I don't, I, well, I can tell you I'm sick to death of it. I don't care one way or another, so why don't you make up your mind? We can't afford anything quite so arbitrary, nor do we come all this way, nor did we come all this way for a christening, all that preceded us. But we are comparatively fortunate. We might have been left to sift the whole field of human nomenclature like two blind men looting a bazaar for their own portraits. At least we are presented with alternatives. And he goes, but no choice. <laughs> so we're presented with alternatives, but no choice. I like hmm. that. So maybe that's your... So that's basically your kind of... Your, it's like... <laughs> you know, it's like when you're a parent and you give a kid choice, two of which are like acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Never give your kid an ultimate choice. Like, what do you want to do? Never ask that question. You yeah. always say, "Do you want to do this or that? Yeah, that?" That's it. Yeah. So they got alternatives, but no choices. Yeah. Which I think is where my sort of third way is, is that, or my, where I'm normally settled on is that I'm ultimately I'm going to have to get to this place, but it feels like I have all these, I have all these alternatives, but I really don't have a choice because I think I asked you can you escape your destiny like if I don't like what I can see is my destiny can I escape it and as hard as I try to escape it it just seems like yeah the, if you've seen the movie The Adjustment Bureau it feels a bit like that and uh, that movie I can't remember all the actors and I should look it up before but The Adjustment Bureau Google it um, essentially there's this group of people and you know they're higher beings, and their job is to make sure that everybody gets to the end point that they need to go to. But random things do happen, and you miss a turn, for instance, but you should have had made that turn because it has all these other consequences. So the adjustment group guys will come and redirect your lifeline back onto your main line to make sure that everything ends the way it should do. And of course, somebody in that movie and the love interest and all that, they don't like their line. <laughs> and they spend most of the movie trying to make, try to change what their ultimate destiny is. And I don't give it away, so you've got to watch it because it's great because I like the way it ends. 
Um, but yeah, and I was just wondering, can if anybody knows anyway, listening, how I can escape my FA, <laughs> please do get in touch and, and give me the secret for how I can change my... I think that I kind of fall down on the whole kind of, you know, karmic habits Mm. thing. So, you know, I feel like what what the Buddha said is that like Darwin, who said there's a physical um, evolution to beings into more and more complexity and more and more variety. the Buddha also agreed with that and thought, well, I mean, obviously he was much earlier, but, you know, the same kind of thinking only about the mind and our kind of, yeah, mind stuff, like, in an emotional way as well. And um, I'm not sure if I'm going to explain this very well, but basically, um, I suppose the, the idea is that you're kind of born with a set of habits, and whether you want to think of this in terms of um, reincarnation, like past lives and stuff, or whether you want to think of it as just your life, but you've born with a certain personality based on your genes and stuff, mm. then it is to quite a large extent the whole matrix situation of you're, you were always going to do that, you know. But I think that... Um, but doesn't that suck? But I, but I don't know <laughs> if that's like exactly how it is because for me, my kind of experience is that I've had things that I've really... You know, because then we bring in, you know, stuff that we talked about last week from Tim Ferriss and like, are you doing the thing that you're uniquely here to do, you know, in life? Yeah. And that kind of is determined by you in terms of what do you find most fulfilling? What people do you find most fulfilling to be around? Like, how do you feel most fulfilled? And quite a lot of us don't listen to those voices inside saying we should really be doing this or, you know, but we're scared and so we don't. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where that, that has to say something about this topic because like I think it says that you have a destiny so to do what you're uniquely here to do so if I tie what you just said all together so if I'm born with these unique concepts to me so I was always going to do this thing so to do what you were uniquely sent here to do sent here by here what you were put here to do I don't mean that there's something at the end see I don't mean it like that I mean like what are your unique talents that you feel when you do them you're most fulfilled? So, like, for me, all the kind of yoga and, um, and, and also all the writing stuff is stuff that I've, I've really been into from a very early age. Why? Because you woke up as a I baby and said, I want to do this? Or because that is your destiny? And so... You feel most in line when you're in line with what your destiny is. Maybe, yeah. But you feel agitated when you're doing other things that isn't what you were sent here to do. I think, yeah. Which, I mean, I'm getting, again, we're going to get a, into it all. You didn't have all. a choice to choose it. If well, you do point, have a choice. You do have a choice. There's a lot of people. You know, it's like the, you know, in The Alchemist, you have that thing of, you know, he's very close to his destiny, isn't he? So, you know, when he's in the marketplace and he's yeah. lost all his money and he sees what the chai seller or something and says, like, the man was just really, really happy and that's how you know that you're close to your destiny. And I feel like I kind of subscribe to destiny in that way. It's, like, not preordained, not totally determined, 
but an ideal scenario in which you are able to use your unique talents and do the thing that you feel most fulfilled doing. And that's different for everybody. But there are plenty of people who don't, you know, and, and certainly like the way that Paolo Coelho uses the word destiny, there are plenty of people that don't follow so, their destiny. So we're saying destiny isn't a pre, not predestiny, but just you choose your destiny. Is that what you're saying? So I'm saying my destiny is going to be this. So you choose it and then work Well, destiny that in that circumstance, because something that's not guaranteed, but something that's like determined by like an ideal state of joy. And so it's then a positive thing. It's not out of your control. It's just, this is, you know, I mean, we can't, you know, I think the idea of complete free will is if we have like an infinite number of choice and possibilities, we have to just get rid of because there is no way, for instance, that I was ever going to be a professional piano player. Like, I do not have the musical talent to do that. There are so many things. But that's just it. If you were born at the right time with the right parents, then you would have been. But here's the, here's the point of this whole idea that you got alternatives, but you don't have any choice because you didn't choose to be born at the time you were born or with the parents that you have. So the conditions didn't exist for you to want to... to yeah, to so exactly. So I, do, I definitely yeah. don't think that there is 100% free will because that means that you're kind of interacting in a world in a vacuum where you determine every single aspect of every single well, what's thing. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a moral question. It's a question of like reality and the reality is we are functioning in a world in which we're interrelated and other things happen and you know, people make other choices that impact us and you know, we're not in control of everything basically. But it doesn't mean we're in control so of nothing. My life is not my own. My life is independent on yeah. who I was born to and all yes. the other things around me. And that's the bit, as Neo said, that sucks. I don't like the thought that I'm not in control of my own life. It doesn't mean you're not in control. It doesn't mean you're not totally in well, control. You can, it means you not you're not ultimately 100% in control. You yourself to, that you're in control. Because that's what the Stoics say, isn't it? The Stoics are like, let go of all the stuff that you actually don't. We, we want to think that we have control over it, but they say you don't have control, so let go. So if you want to have happiness, stop trying to control everything, because actually yeah. you have no control, and just be okay with the fact that you have no control. It doesn't say, he doesn't say you have no control. He says, control you, the things that, that you, you can, can. Which is a very limited number yeah, of things, right. which is only the stuff that's in your head. <laughs> that's Every, quite a lot. Which isn't much. Well, yeah, there's a lot in your head, but outside external things. So you can yeah, control your that's right, that's right, thoughts, yeah. but I can't, yeah. I can't control how you're going to react to what I say. All that sort of stuff that's out of my control. But let go of that. Yeah. And then... I mean, I think that the only... So in the kind of Buddhist world of karma, the only... So they're kind of in that you are already going to make that choice kind of scenario. Yeah, it's already been made it, for you. It's, it's not already been made for you. It's been... It's pretty much guaranteed because you have such strong habitual patterns that, you know... But if, if I someone, don't like that, what if I so, don't want that? So... Yeah. That's the path of enlightenment. That's the that's the wisdom path. That's the mind training path. That's the path that trains yourself out of those habitual patterns. And they say that's possible. I can't say because right. I'm like at the first number one step. So I was so born into whatever condition that I was born. Idea. And then yeah. at some point in time, if I do the right training, 
then I can re-seize the reins and reinvent myself. Because you're not, because you're not at the mercy of your habits. He's not at the mercy of your habits. I mean, that doesn't mean you have total control over everything because mm. you're never going to have total control over everything. I think that's what you're looking for, isn't it? No, no. no. What I'm looking for is, is what is the answer to the universe? As in, I don't mind whichever one it is. I just want to know. So if, if you tell me I have a fate, okay, well, great. Then I'll just stop doing all these things to... But what I'm saying to, is it's to, a little bit of both and more subtle than one or the other. Yeah. That's what I think. You well, don't I, have to think that. Well, no, I get that because then that just, that helps. And this is the thing that I think we're humans <laughs> is that we create the conditions that make it easy for us to get on in life. Yeah. So I think from my sort of, you know, existential kind of thing is that there is meaningless, but create your own meaning. That's cool. Because, okay, ultimately having this conversation is nice intellectually stimulating there is no meaning create your own meaning get on with life or so if i had to say my meaning is there is destiny all right well i can relax and know that everything that's happened to me is all a part of the plan so no need to be upset about it just accept that it is what it is or i can say no forget that i'm in control damn it and i can sit down and make a list like your nice little notebook there and Make a make whole plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I make a whole plan and say this is how it's going to be. But hook or by crook, I'm going to make this happen through force of will. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But I guess you have to choose which one works best for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, probably most of us. Yeah, we're just choosing the the concept of the universe that works, works. for us because that's we all don't you can really do. Know. What else can you do? Uh, apart from that, just what works, what fits and feels right for you, I guess, is, is the one. But the, my curse is that I want to know the answer. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse to be questioning everything. Well, we'll just keep talking, Clay. Yeah, we'll keep talking. Keep, keep asking. Well, yeah, yeah. Keep asking the questions. Or should I just say, forget all this answering. And, and T.S. Eliot has a... Um, a lot. I think it's in the four quartets where it's like you'll do all this questing to get to the end to realize that you're back where you started. But you wouldn't realize it if you hadn't gone on the quest. No, it's like exactly. the alchemist. Well, it's the alchemist, exactly. You do only go on the quest, but it was always there. It's the quest that's important, not the destination. It's always been there. But you have to go on the quest to realize that it was already there. Because nobody can tell you. This is what I like about the um, hero's journey as well, and the monomyth, and the fact that you've... No, you, at some point in time, have to go on a quest. I can tell you, I can be your guide, I can write these big books that say, here's, you know, here's your Bible, here's your set of principles, here's your religious belief, here's all the um, ancient tomes that says this is how it is. But that's someone else telling you. At some point, you have to step off into the darkness and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. You can use all these things as guides, but ultimately you've got to go into the belly so of the So we're well. back to uh, a bit of free will there. We're back to a bit of free will. Well, no, because if I didn't have a choice in the beginning, that's, that's the thing I have against free will, is that however I started, I didn't have a but Mitchell says you did. So yeah, if you Mitchell, go with that one, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. He, said, he says you did have a choice when you was his angel you in just the forgotten. suit. You know, you chose. So I chose to be clay, and then I, as soon as you're born, as soon as you come out of the womb, you forget 
who and you're I like was. And sitting like I just, here having a tantrum. Yeah. Why am I clay? So then I've why got to I spend clay? the rest of my life figuring out why I chose to be this person called clay when I could have just very well been you which in the cosmic soup since I am you or what we were talking about before we're all one organism and but you're an aspect of that organism I'm an aspect of that organism but actually we are the same organism the Beatles I am you and you are me and we are all together (laughs) see the the Beatles were wise there's lots of wise people out there I'm going with that we're just all one big cosmic soup and we're all one entity and we're just playing a game that seems that seems like the kind of end point that work would work for you (laughs) i think you should stick with that one i'll stick with that one because then you can do whatever you want to it's all a part of the game and yeah that's right and you return to the soup and do it all again although i did say about maybe two or three or four podcasts back that when I go back to the soup this You're time... You're not coming back. Well, I'm gonna, I want to take a vacation from coming back. I want to just chill in the soup for a while instead of coming back. There is no time in, huh? in the soup, apparently. There isn't. I want to hang out in the soup for a while. I don't want to... Uh, a while, yeah. Whatever a while is, I yeah. just want to hang out in the soup and just float. <laughs> Forget all this destiny and predestinies and decisions and choices and... Uh, Okay. <laughs> now you're gonna get another coffee uh, I and need go to get, figure out what you're doing with your day. I'm gonna. I need some what grub. choices you're gonna I'm make. I'm gonna have one of these Shakeavera muffins, which is uh, bacon and egg and cheese. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. one of those. Okay. And then it's Comic Con. Yep. Yes. Did you make those choices? No, they were already made for me, but I'll spend the time that I'm eating the muffin figuring out why I would have chosen to have a muffin and to go to Comic Con. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and figure listen, out why. I'll listen to your justification. Why? Why? Okay. All right, good. See if you anybody, next week, well, listen, everybody. No, hold on. Before you go, yeah. anybody listening to this, if you know the answer, definitively. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> please, please get, get in touch. touch. Yeah. Please, please get, get in touch. touch. Clay needs know. help. I need, I need to know the answers. I want to know. So help me out. He needs to escape his destiny. Yeah, so I want to know if I could change it. Maybe, yeah. So point me in the right direction. <laughs> do you know what I need to do? Let's talk about, let's talk about quests in another in one of the, an upcoming yeah. podcast. We we can do that. Yeah, because I want I want to go on a quest. Anybody have a quest for me as well? I'm after that. Just make a quest and say go retrieve this golden goose egg thing or whatever, so I can have a quest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Start. You start from going. No, it's because I don't have any food. I'm starting to go into realms Bring the of man Bruno's. some muffins, please. <laughs> this episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you would want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and Really, even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.